0: Thank you so much for joining us here on this Sunday morning once again. I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to share with you these next few moments. And I, I really just pray and have been praying about this for some time. It's, it's something that we need to talk about as a church. It's something that we need to talk about and live out and wrestle with in our communities and the people around us. Did you know that life isn't actually always perfect? Did you know that in this world sometimes we have trouble this year we are in a theme on a season that we are naming remain from john 15:4 where jesus says remain in me as i also remain in you he goes on to say no branch can bear fruit by itself it must remain <laughs> it must remain in the vine neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me well, that sounds all fine and good, and we can, we're going to discover what that means moving forward, and you can go back the last two weeks and, and listen to those messages as well. But how do we remain in Jesus when we go through a difficult time? How do we remain in Jesus when we continually go through trials? How do we remain in Jesus when there's just so much darkness around? We're going to discover that this morning right here together. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for us today as we jump into the word of God. Heavenly Father, King Jesus, we come to you, our Lord and our Savior. Lord, we know that in the book of Ephesians, written by the Apostle Paul, you said that when we believe and put our faith in you, Jesus, that you've marked us for your glory, for your benefit, that you have marked us with a seal, Lord, that we belong to you. And so God, we put our faith in you, and we realize today that faith simply means we believe that you, O oh God, tell the truth, that you are who you say you are, that you will do what you said you would do. And so God, today we hold on to this truth that we who have put our faith in you belong to you today, O oh Jesus. And so as we navigate, Lord, this message this morning and the next couple weeks, Lord, we trust that you would be real and that you would be present and that we would draw closer to you, not farther away. I praise you in Jesus' name, amen. You know, I said in the prayer that faith is simply believing that God speaks the truth. It's a phrase that I have said repeatedly the last number of weeks, and I believe that over these next couple of Sundays as we watch and participate in online church together, that we we really need to hold on to this word remain and really need to exercise our faith. You know, if you want your faith to grow, it has to go through some sort of trial, right? If you want to get stronger at the gym, you can't keep using the same kinds of weights that you did when you started. If you want a run, if you want to start running a marathon, you want to get faster. You can't run at the same speed that you started at. Your hope and your goal is that you will get faster and you will learn the right techniques. Well, the same is true for our faith. Remaining in Jesus means that sometimes, and maybe for a long period of time, or maybe even for the rest of our lives, we are going to have to go through some sort of trial to build our faith. It's going to get tested. And we're going to jump into a story of a man named Habakkuk. Can you say Habakkuk? (laughs) We're going to jump into this man who was a prophet of God. And he simply asked this question. And we're going to ask this question this morning. Where are you, God? Where are you, God? What happens when we ask that question and there's silence on the other side? It's kind of like that Verizon commercial, you know, years ago where you'd watch it on TV and they would say, can you hear me now? And the other person would go, yeah, can you hear me now? And go back and forth. And of course, they would show the competitor and he would go, can you hear me now? And it would be silence or fuzzy or blurry or cut out. What happens when we say to God, where are you? Can you hear me now? And there's silence. How does that affect our faith? What do we do when God is silent? We're going to jump into that right now. We're talking about a man named Habakkuk. Now, Habakkuk, if you want to say that again, type it in the comments, say Habakkuk, H-A-B-A-K-K-U-K. He lived and wrote about 600 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. He was a bit of a different prophet, and we call him a minor prophet, not because he wasn't as important as other prophets. It's simply because we don't have a lot of info about him in comparison to some of the other prophets. However, what we do know and the information we do have is very much relevant to our faith today. He lived and wrote wrote about 600 years before the birth of Christ, and he was a different kind of prophet. Well, Pastor Gary, what what do prophets do? Well, prophets in the Old Testament would speak on behalf of God. They would communicate. They were the medium in which God used to speak to his people. Now, what's amazing is that God, I believe, can speak to you personally now. Does that make you a prophet? Maybe it is a little bit of the gift of prophecy, which we would say is a lowercase p. God can speak to us, and you have the ability to hear his voice. Because Jesus, if you believe in him, lives inside of you. Or maybe he chooses to reach out to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. He's made his presence available, but back in the Old Testament, that's not how God worked. Not until after Jesus came and sent the Holy Spirit after Jesus. And so prophets would speak to the people on behalf of God. Well, Habakkuk, he wasn't an ordinary prophet. He did things a little bit differently. Habakkuk actually went to God to speak to him about the people. And you say, well, that seems okay. You know, Pastor Gary asked you to pray for me and you speak to God on my behalf. Well, here's, here's the amazing thing. I, I, I am honored when people ask me to pray for them. But here's the simple truth, is that you yourself, if you're watching this today, you have to know this truth. You have the ability yourself to pray to God, to pray to the Father, to pray to Jesus. You have that ability. God has made that possible through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. You have the ability to pray for yourself, and you have the ability, and God gives you the power through His Holy Spirit, to pray for others. It's amazing. Now, Abacuk was a little bit different, and he says this prayer and he just lets it all out. He lets everything out, puts it all on the table. And he asks some of the same questions that many of us ask today. Why doesn't God seem fair? You know, God, you could do something about this. My faith is real. God, you're bigger than all this things. You're the creator of the universe. You're 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 amazing. You could do something about this, and why are you not responding? Well, let's read today from Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. This is what he says. How long, Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. (laughs) Great question. Or cry out to you, and there's violence. But you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? And he goes on and on. You can continue to read. Let's pause. God, why is there injustice? You know, we look at our world today and we see time and time and time again, rounds of injustice perpetuated again and again and again. We say, God, why don't you just do something about this? God, why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Why do those who seem wicked get away with sometimes murder and why do others get off the hook? Why does the innocent person get punished or why do two guilty people get punished differently, sometimes based on gender, sometimes based on race? or social status? Why does this injustice happen? We all have to wrestle with these questions at some point in our life in our faith. God, I know that you're the creator of the universe. You were able to create me and bring me to life and bring me back to life and give me new life. How come there's so much injustice and wrongdoing? How do I, how do I handle this? And what happens when we ask God those questions? Sometimes it's silence. God, I'm praying to you for this situation for my friend. I'm praying to you, God, for justice. Why are you not doing what I'm asking you to do? I have the faith to believe. Jesus said, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, if you've ever seen a mustard seed, it's really small. And he says, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. God, I'm praying you, I believe I have the faith to move mountains. How come you're not moving this mountain? How come you're not moving this plane, this plateau, how come you're not moving this ant hill or mole hill in front of me? It's tripping me up, oh God. You know, we all have these questions. We all have to wrestle with these questions. And this is what is amazing about the book of Habakkuk. This is what is amazing about this minor prophet that we don't know a lot about, 600 years before Jesus. He is just plain raw, and he is absolutely real. In fact, His name tells a story in and of itself. The name Habakkuk means to embrace and to wrestle. (laughs) It means to embrace and wrestle. Say embrace, type it in the comments, embrace and wrestle. Habakkuk is doing everything he can to embrace who he knows who God is. He's doing everything. He knows all of this information about God. He has heard from God. He's spoken to God. He's doing everything he possibly can to hold on and to embrace the truth that he knows about who God is. But because of what he sees and because of what he's experiencing, his belief is not lining up with his experience. His belief is not lining up with our experience. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you have a genuine belief in Jesus. Maybe you have the faith in the world to believe in who Jesus is, that he is the son of God, that he lived, that he died, and he was raised again from the dead. Maybe you've put your faith in him. And maybe you've heard about the justice and the love of God and the way he cares for the widow and orphan, is has commanded his church to take care of those who are hurting and broken, the widow and the orphan. Maybe you've heard all these truths about God, and yet... Your experience on this earth, your experience in church, your experience at work, experience in your family, maybe your experience in the loneliness and the darkness of your own mind. Maybe you're wrestling with this simple fact of, where are you, God? Maybe you're wrestling with God yourself. And you go, where are you? Why are you not doing what I've asked you to do? Why are you not responding to my faith? Habakkuk is this man. He is real and he is raw. He's embracing the truth that he knows, but he's wrestling because his experience does not align with his belief. You know, some of my messages, I'm going to go with what Craig Groeschel calls a a sitcom sermon. And, And you know how sitcoms go, right? There's a group of people beginning of the episode everyone's happy everyone's getting along and then all of a sudden there's some tension there's some drama that takes place there's a problem if you're watching friends you know joey's got to learn how to speak french and he thinks he's speaking french but he's not you know elizabeth made fun of me this week and, about not being able to speak french and that anyways we know how it goes by the end of the episode things are resolved 30 minutes with commercial breaks the end of that message everything is resolved and it's brought back and tied up with a nice little bow and presented to us, and we turn off the TV or go on to the next show or watch the next episode on Netflix, and we go, ah, oh, I feel so good, warm, and fuzzy inside. Well, how many of you know that that's not how life actually is? I mean, there's no way that that's the way that life actually happens, right? We know that to be true. Sometimes my messages are like that. Come to church on Sunday, watch church online sometime, hear a really good message, feel inspired and like, yeah, I'm ready. This is good. I really needed to hear that. And that's awesome. Those are, those are amazing moments. We need those moments. There's nothing wrong with those moments. But today's not really one of those messages. Heads up, it's not one of those messages today. Today is real. Today is raw. Because there are things that happen in life that we just simply cannot explain. There are things that God doesn't do that we've asked him to do. There are moments where in our lives there's just a continual battle going on and it seems like we can never overcome. And we got to talk about that. We got to figure out how to wrestle with these situations. Sometimes in real life, things happen. Maybe you lose a job. Maybe you don't get a better job, you know? Maybe you don't have a job for a real long time. Maybe you end up on welfare. Maybe you end up losing your home. You have to go bankrupt. You lose everything. Maybe you have to get a job that's way below your education and you feel like a big failure and you never seem to climb out of that ditch, that hole. It's not even a ditch, it's a hole. Maybe in life you've had a good marriage or you thought you had a good marriage. And in reality, maybe your spouse thought someone else was a little bit better than you. They were unfaithful. They betrayed you. Maybe in that situation, not only did they turn their back on you and go to somebody else, but maybe they tried to put the blame on you and they drag you through the mud. And they leave you all alone. You know, sometimes in real life, you know, you get sick. You go to the doctor. They give you the bad news. They put that big C word out in front of you. You have cancer, and so you do all the things that you do. You go for chemo. You go for radiation. And and you go. To, you take time and you do all of these things. And and maybe it goes away. And you get a praise report. And you know, you get everyone praying for you. And you get people across the country praying for you and things are going really good. You get better. And then, you know, a few months, a few years later, you get the news again that the cancer returned. And this time it's, it's not going away. How do we embrace the truth that God is who he is? What do we do when we don't understand? You're wrestling and yet you're trying to hold on to your faith. You're trying to embrace you know, in those seasons, there's so many of us, we, we have so many good intentions, right? We come alongside, maybe someone says, oh, you know, you just need to pray a little bit more. You just need to lean into God a little bit more. You just need to read the Bible a little bit more. You just need to spend some more time in worship just a little bit more, or it gets worse, right? There are people that believe, well, maybe you did something wrong and God is punishing you for your sin." Maybe you're sick and hurting and broken because of some hidden sin in your life that you haven't confessed. You know, let me just say that is, that is not the way that God behaves. When God forgives you of your sin, it's gone. It's done. It's forgotten. You're forgiven. Now, if you do something foolish that is sinful and you get hurt because of something you did foolish wise, that's a little different. That's not what we're talking about today. But there are some well-intentioned people that says, you know, just, just pray a little bit more, learn a little bit more theology, maybe, maybe just press in a little bit longer. And, you know, it's all good intentioned and all of these things. And, and so we do that, but yet our situation doesn't change. You know, maybe the things that we used to do to feel better, they don't work anymore. You know, maybe, oh, I'm, just, you know, I'm, I'm really in this low season. I'm just going to start going back to church. I'm gonna start watching church online and I'm gonna watch a bunch of churches online and that'll make me feel good. I'm gonna put on some worship music, some Christian music and that's good. And you know, for a while, maybe that helps and that comes, but then one day you turn on YouTube and you go to Bethel or Elevation, you put on the music, you put on a good message, you come to church and all of a sudden it doesn't feel the way that it used to feel. It doesn't, it doesn't build you up the same way anymore. You're still, you're still hurting, you're still broken, you're still sick, all of these things. What do we do? You know, God doesn't feel good in the moment because you know he could do something, and he doesn't. God doesn't feel good in those moments because you know that he could do something about your situation, and for some reason he doesn't, and we don't understand why. This is how Habakkuk feels. He's asking the question in verse 3. Continue reading in the book. He says, why do you make me look at this injustice? Why do you tolerate this wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There's strife, there's conflicts. It's everywhere, it abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed. Injustice never prevails. Nothing ever changes. What is going on, God? Nothing ever changes. Where are you? In other words, this is what he's saying. God, I don't really think you're doing what is Right? God of righteousness, I don't think what you're doing is right. God of the universe, God of creation, Jesus, what you're doing I don't think is right. <laughs> so what are his problems with God? Because we all have them. He's not speaking to the people on behalf of God. He's going to God on behalf of the people. He's got some real big problems with God. And some of us today, we have some real big problems with God. We have some real big problems with Jesus because we have gone through what seems like hell and back and back again, and nothing ever changes. And we have some questions for God. We have some problems with him. You know what the problem is here? The feelings that come out, it goes something like this. God, you don't really seem to care. You allow all this suffering, all of these things. And he says to God, you're not doing very much about it when you could. You have the power to do it, but you're not. I don't understand. And this is what he says. He says to God, what you are doing does not seem fair. What you are doing, God, does not seem fair. You know, how many of us truly feel this way if we we're really being honest? God, you're not doing what seems fair. If you were God, if I was God, I would do things differently. And it's absolutely true, I would. But I'm not God. Sometimes we just want to know, God, are you even paying attention? Do you even care? Here's my question. Is it ever okay to question God? Is it ever okay to push back on him? Is that wrong? Is it unholy? Is it unfair? You know, about a third of the Psalms, if you go to your Bible and you pull it out and you see the book of Psalms, about a third of them are all Psalms and poems and songs that talk about pain that deal with suffering, that deal with people in the middle of trials, that they're all about people that don't understand what God is doing. Several books of the Bible, entire books of the Bible, Lamentations, Ecclesiastes, and Jeremiah, and the book of Job, they all express confusion of what appears to be unjust suffering for the righteous. Even Jesus, even Jesus, even Jesus himself on the cross He is perfect in every way. He becomes sin for us. Even though he has never sinned in his life, he becomes sin. And whatever God does, what does he do? God looks away. God pulls back and Jesus cries out to his father in heaven as he's on the cross. Why, oh why? I am your son. I did everything right. Why do you turn your face away from me? Why have you forsaken me? Let me explain it to you like this. If you're a follower of Jesus, at some point, you've had some version of the story. You're hurting, and, or life is good, or whatever, and, but you recognize that there must be more to life, and maybe you go to church, and you experience God, and it's good. He touches you through a song, someone prays for you. You're hitting a string of success. Everything you experience is fantastic, and then life starts happening. You start going back to church and things aren't the way they used to be. Someone prays for you again and you don't get what you want. You hear that same song over and again and yet it doesn't make you feel the same way that you felt before. You receive terrible news and all of a sudden your world starts crashing down all around you. Someone you know gets sick. Someone close to you dies. You have a child. You lose a child. Whatever the case is, you're hurting your pain. And in those moments we have a crisis of belief. And we ask the questions, God, you're so good. Why am I here? God, I don't know, but you're involved. Do you even care? And it's about this point that most of us come up with two options. I think I fall into category number one, if I'm being honest today. First option is this. We just deny that there's bad things that are happening. It's okay. Nothing to see here. We throw a bandaid on the situation. We just pretend that it's not happening. God, this is not real. You know, I'm a follower of Jesus. He's got me in his hand. He's got the whole world in his hands. It's not there. I'm okay. We're good. We're good. Praise God. We're good. Hallelujah. We're good. We're good. We're good. Yet the world's crashing down and we just totally deny this isn't happening. This isn't happening at all. I'm just going to pretend like we're all here and happy. I'm just going to deny it all. The other group of people, they do the opposite. They say, if God's not doing anything good, God must not be real. Forget it, I'm done. I tried the church, I tried the Bible, I tried Jesus. I'm out, I can't handle this. There's not two options though, there's three. The third one is the key to understanding the why question. I'm not gonna answer the question why, but the third option is this. In the middle of our suffering, in the middle of our pain, and the middle of the storm, the answer is not to deny it, The answer is to not walk away. The third answer is this. In the middle of the pain and the suffering, we wrestle. I don't get it. I'm confused. And as best as you can try to embrace, and when you do this, does life get better? Oftentimes, no, it doesn't. Sometimes it continues to get worse and worse and worse. You know, this is the first chapter of this book. And James, in the first chapter of his book, this is what he says. He says, uh, "Eh, consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Say perseverance. (laughs) The testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you can be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You know, it's so easy to say that verse. Oh yeah, God, bring on the trials. I know you got this. I'm ready to go. And we get hit with a brick wall. Oh, it's a little bit harder than I thought. God, when I said to test my faith, I didn't mean this. I didn't mean send a global pandemic. I didn't say take my business away. I didn't say take my loved one away. I didn't say let them get sick and and die. Consider it pure joy. Are you for real right now? But that's the instructions he gives. Doesn't say deny it. Doesn't say walk away. But he says wrestle. Because as we wrestle with God, as we ask these questions, something incredible begins to happen. We begin to experience a closeness to God that we would have never been able to experience before in that moment. You know, the way to true intimacy with God is not to go live on the mountaintop. You know, if we want to get close to God, we climb a mountain. <laughs> it's not the answer. Things don't grow on the mountain. You get to know God's faithfulness through the valley. Because the valley, even though it's a dark, scary, shadowy place, Is David says, the valley of the shadow of death. He says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. They're tools to protect me. I'm still walking through my questions. I'm still wrestling. What happens when my belief meets my experience? We can deny it we can walk away. But God says, just hold on. Wrestle through it. If you're in a crisis of belief right now, and you're finding a new level of intimacy, it's not because you denied it. It's not because you walked away. It's because you continue to embrace. You continue to embrace. Maybe you need to hear this this morning. Maybe you're in the middle of a crisis belief yourself. At some point, we all get there. This is Habakkuk. God, this doesn't seem fair. I don't understand. Guess what God does? God actually responds to Habakkuk. You can read it for yourself. He actually responds. And what he responds with, it's amazing. Are you ready for this? God says to him, look, I see where you're at, Habakkuk. I'm about to intervene. This is where you want that you know, cookie cutter uh, sitcom sermon. It's not coming. This is what he says. Hey, Habakkuk it's going to be amazing. I'm going to intervene. It's going to be like anything you've never seen before. You wouldn't even believe it if I told you. And then God tells him this. He says, I'm going to talk to the Babylonians. If you don't know who the Babylonians are, they're the bad guys. They are the enemies of God's people at this time. And God says, are you ready? You're not going to believe this. I'm raising up your enemies. I'm raising up the battle Babylonians. They are ruthless. They're impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings, not their own. They are feared and dreaded people. And God says, I'm going to raise them up. They come with the intent on violence. And God says, you think it's bad now. It's only going to get worse. And I'm going to use the enemies to bring justice because of your sin. And this makes absolutely no sense to Habakkuk. He says, God, here we are, repenting. Here's here's where we're at. And you're gonna say it's gonna get worse? What do we do when we find ourselves there? What does a committed follower of Jesus do in that moment? Committed follower of Jesus can both wrestle with honest questions and at the same time embrace a genuine faith in God. You can do it at the same time. I want you to watch as Habakkuk does. He tries to embrace and yet he doesn't understand. He's holding on to his faith and yet he has no understanding. He embraces. Verse 12, Lord, you, are you not from everlasting? I'm embracing you. God, my God, my holy one, you'll never die. He's embracing God. But God, you've appointed our enemies to execute judgment on us. You've ordained them to punishment to punish us, but God, I'm wrestling, I'm wrestling, God, your eyes are too pure to even look on evil, and yet I love you, I'm embracing, you cannot tolerate wrongdoing, I'm embracing, but why do you tolerate the treacherous, I'm wrestling again, God, why are you silent when the wicked swallow up these more righteous than themselves, I'm trying to embrace, I'm wrestling, I'm wrestling, If you're there right now and you don't know what to do, you don't know what to do, here's what you need to know. God does understand your pain. He welcomes your questions. And I'm convinced that God would rather have you yell at him and be angry with him than have you walk away. When you hit the wall, when you hit that crisis of belief, do not deny your doubts. Don't run from God. Let your doubts drive you to continue to embrace even when you're wrestling with God. My prayer is that, God, you would give us the faith, that you would give us the courage not to pretend, but to be real, to be raw. Even while we're wrestling, God, help us to continue to embrace. You know, there's some of us here watching, participating, and we're in a dark place. We're hurting, we're broken, or we've, we go into dark places. We're in a low spot. I'm not going to say to you today that God caused that. I don't believe he did. But I will say this. Sometimes I believe God does allow it. God does allow it. Don't let your doubts drive you away from God. Let them drive you toward him. Some people say God will never let you experience more than you can handle. That's simply a misrepresentation of a verse that God says, that he'll never let you be tempted more than you can handle or bear. I really believe, I truly believe this, that sometimes God gives us more than we can handle, more pain than we can bear because it teaches us to call on him. It teaches us to rely on him. It's in those moments that our faith really becomes faith. It's in those moments where we are forced with no other option but to get closer to God because we know the things of God. We know that they're true. And yet our experience is not lining up with our belief. The only option in my mind is not to deny it, not to walk away. The only option in that moment is to embrace. Hold on to what you know is true. Hold on to the Father. Hold on to Jesus. Get closer to Him and you will know Him more than you ever did before. You know, the sitcom is over in 30 minutes. And some of our crises, they're over in 30 minutes. Some of them, they're over in 30 days. But there are some crises in our lives, it's over 30 years. That's a long time. Some of it, it's more. But when we're only in chapter one, we wrestle and embrace. We wrestle and embrace. If you need help today, if you need help in this moment, we encourage you to reach out. Reach out to God. Reach out to one of us. We want to help you wrestle in your faith. We want to help you embrace the truth of who God is. We want to help you embrace who Jesus is. Because even if you're mad at him, even if you're angry that he hasn't shown up in the way that you wanted him to, we want to help steer you towards him. We want to help you experience his goodness in the middle of the storm. We want to help you experience the peace of God in the middle of your circumstance. I trust and believe that there may not be a pretty little bow wrapped up at the end of this message today. It may have gone a little bit longer than I even thought. But I trust and I believe that you've experienced a bit of truth today. Next week, chapter two, not much better, but chapter three's coming. Thank you so much for being with us today. Wrestle and embrace. Don't be afraid to raise your voice at God, but do not run away. Do not run away. Wrestle and embrace.